And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hi, Dave. How are you today? I am wonderful, Peggy. And you? I am doing well, thank you. Uh, we're getting ready for yet another snow ice event for this year. So, an event? Yes. And it, well, it's the, it's the night before. We're recording now on Tuesday night, and they've already called off schools for tomorrow. So I have some very happy boys in the house right now. Um, of course, we don't have a flake that has fallen yet, but in anticipation of the event, we've already closed schools. Congratulations. Yes. Big but day I, for you. I do think that I, I do agree that an event is imminent. You know, I know that the weather forecasters have all their, you know, gadgets and gizmos and things like that, but my bones hurt. And I swear, as I'm getting older, I can predict these things better than any meteorologist. Really? Yeah, it sucks. I woke up this morning feeling like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. Just everything hurt. And I get more phantom pain when storms are coming. Do you not? I do not. Oh, you're so lucky. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Is it better to know that a storm is going to trigger phantom pain or to just have it randomly assault you? Well, I mean, it it happens to me randomly as well, but I think – it, it feels different when it's weather related. It, you know, normally when it comes randomly for me, it comes in the form of the stinging. Um, and my leg will just randomly kick like, you know, when you shake, pet a dog's belly and you hit the nerve and their little leg kicks. That's what my leg does. Um, but yeah. it feels like it's being stung by bees. It's not nearly as cute. Um, but when it's weather related, it feels like my toes are being twisted and my toenails being pulled off at the same time. So oh, completely delightful. different sensations. Yes. Yes. So, so well, that's I hope, my I hope you don't suffer too much. Well, thank you very much. I'm fine, though. I mean, in the scheme of everything, we're fine. So, yes, how are but you? pain sucks. It does suck. You doing well? I am okay. Yes. Yes. It has been a crazy start to the year. Been traveling a lot. Um, if people wanted me to do a podcast on very specific airports, I think I would be qualified to do it now. That'd be fun. Um, you, you could start like an online review forum of them. I once wrote a, a blog post about my favorite airports in the United States. Um, and they Maybe were we could very create like a, a Yelp type thing through our community network, ampedlife.com. If you'd like to join, if you're not already a member of the Amped Army, and maybe yeah, we, we should have s- an airport ranking system yeah, that'd on be there. Fun. We'll we'll work Why on that in all that? of our free time. I know <laughs> we should. That would be good. So. That would be good. But that I is will com- tell you this. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was on the New York City subway uh, last Friday, and if there was ever a system of transport that was not designed for people with disabilities, it is the New York City subway. DC it's as just, well. It sucks. It's brutal. Yeah. But DC has escalators. But they don't always work. Oh. Well, New York just doesn't have them in many stations as far as I can tell. I can't find them. So um, it's pretty remarkable. Don't they have to have them? I assume that they exist somewhere in the station, but they are nowhere near where you would ever need to be or want to be. You you actually have to. Yeah, you have to know. Um, and there's not a lot of people walking around to provide you directions and support in the New York City subway. 
there was a really good um, documentary series, I think about two years ago that came out where somebody who lived life in a wheelchair uh, tried to show what it was like to get around in New York being reliant on a wheelchair. And it was yeah. just, you know, waiting for Brutal. the elevator at yeah. the hotel and it kept being full. So his friends actually like carried him down the steps and his whole mission, I think, was to get a bagel somewhere. And it took him like eight hours to get it because I nothing think I was remember, accessible. I think I remember seeing some excerpts from that. Yeah, it was, it's a completely vertical city. I mean, it's so it's, it's just really tough. Everything is up and down. Yeah. So, But that is not what we're discussing today. No, we've got a kind of funky topic. So I'm excited about today's topic um, because it, it, I think it pushes both of us out of our comfort zones on Definitely some level. Me. Uh, exactly. Um, and it, it actually came up because there was a lot of a lot of chatter and a lot of actually articles that started popping up on my social media feeds about dating with a disability. And it, it was around Valentine's Day. So that's when, you know, you read the ones where, you know, he loved me despite me being in a wheelchair to, you know, this individual's disabilities deserve love and, and you can still love me, that sort of thing. Um, and it... it got me thinking about another issue of if you are single and, you know, looking to connect with others, would you put your disability status on your dating app or in your social profile? It's a wonderful question that I feel spectacularly unqualified to answer. Right. Well, I mean, in full disclosure, both of us were, I mean, you were already with Kara for a very long time before you had your amputation. Yes. Um, and I actually, so I guess I actually probably have more experience in this than you do because my, although I had my biological foot when I met Scott, um, I was not able to walk on it. So I was on crutches. So on some level, I kind of faced this issue. Do I let people know? But when you're using crutches, it was a lot easier to just go, oh, I have a foot injury and I could kind of play it off until I got deeper into a relationship and then, you know, very slowly disclose, oh, yeah, and it's not going to heal and I have to do these surgeries and, you know, all of the wonderful little things that came along with it. Um, So I, when I was dating, I way back in the day, I mean, we're talking like 20 years ago, I actually did use like a dating website in their infancy. Um, before match.com, it was actually relationships.com. Um, and I actually did not let people know that I wasn't able to walk um, okay. without crutches. And I did it because I would, had just moved down to Virginia and I didn't really know anybody. And I just didn't feel like it was safe to kind of put myself out there and be like, oh, and by the way, I have this vulnerability and I'm alone, so you might want to know that. Um, and I would guess that, that that fear would still be present, you know, in today's world with these dating apps, right? I would think so. Yeah. So I don't know. What, what do you think you would do? I don't have – this – I feel like the oldest person in the world <laughs> – when we have this discussion and in the interest of full disclosure, I'm the guy who like in the last month deleted my Instagram account, deleted my Facebook account. Cause I'm like, these things aren't helping me in any way, shape or form in my life. Um, so I'm not a guy who 
particularly likes or embraces a lot of what social media has to offer at this stage of my life. I, but even, even in the context of uh, a pre-social media world, this was something that I always really wondered about, you know, what would I have done if I was single when I had my accident and then had to go meet people and try to date. And I never had a clear idea of how I would handle it. I, I found it incredibly problematic, no matter which way you chose to go. And and I never had to do it. So it was always an abstract concept for me, but there was nothing Peggy, as I thought about it, that I would have been really comfortable with. I don't think I would have felt comfortable disclosing it on the one hand because of the potential that there would be a lot of people who wouldn't even want to meet with you. And then on the other hand, um, keeping it a secret seems like a big mistake at some level. So right. So maybe maybe the way to approach this discussion would be to kind of go through the pros and cons of each side as we see them. Okay. Sure. Um so I I so if you tend to kind of what would be the benefits of letting, you know, being in full disclosure? First of all, like having an amputation or disability is part of you. And it's nothing that you should ever feel ashamed of or feel like you should have to hide. Right? Correct. I agree. I think that that would be a mindset of, no, I'm not hiding this. You know, I have brown, brown hair. I have blue eyes and one leg. Okay, whatever. Um, So you have that whole, the whole, I'm proud of who I am mentality, which is fantastic. And I think that that is actually growing in the greater disability community as a whole um, to not kind of hide in the shadows. Um, so that's definitely a benefit. You, the other benefit is, you know, you kind of will weed out the jerks right at the beginning, because if you have people who, you know, are going to be completely averse to that, they're probably not going to click on you or swipe um, because of that reason. So it kind of will will eliminate those issues. However, I think that, and my fear would be, especially knowing what I know now, is is that going to actually attract people who are only interested in you because you're living with a disability? Yeah, the the kind of creep factor isn't something I had thought about, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, that That is definitely a risk of full disclosure in a, in a public way. Um, I, and I think that's a huge risk. I know that, you know, on my social profile, I mean, I get, I get unsavory, you know, unsolicited, just downright naughty emails from people for, you know, to stay PG rated, um, all the time. And I can't imagine if I was on a situation where I was actually looking for a connection and I made the association between limb loss and myself, is that going to open up the greater, the greater community to come at me with that? And, and let me know. ask, yeah. And let me ask you this because, and I don't know the answer. So I'm asking this purely out of ignorance. Do you think that that issue cuts both ways from a gender perspective? So I definitely, yes, but not to the same intensity. Okay. And I know that because I know that through our email info at amplife.org, uh, we have received, you know, a handful of, of solicitations for you. Um, 
that <laughs> I for not I telling usually, me. <laughs> I usually <laughs> don't the forward them out. to you. Um, usually I just delete them. Um, so, I mean, you do get your, your share of, of admirers, but definitely the female, I think, gets much greater. I do understand that, that men who served in the military uh, tend to get more than, than civilian men as well. Hmm. Um, but I do think that it would cut both ways. But I'm not sure, and this is just purely dealing with the individuals that, that I have to kind of weed through. Um, I don't think that women on dating apps are going to be as aggressively looking for an amputee male or a male on a dating app is going to look for an amputee male as much as the opposite gender type thing. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. There is one other benefit of being upfront about it. And it kind of ties to the first point you made, which was, you know, personal comfort level and sort of pride in who you are. And that is it's honest. Right. Starting relationships in an honest way is generally a good, good principle. It is. Um, on the other hand, if you are meeting in a coffee shop, it's always a great conversation starter. Right? right. Right. You don't know anything else and go, oh, nice to see you, you know. And I guess, you know, you and I, I think it would be easier for single lower extremity amputees to kind of camouflage it a little bit more, maybe on the first date than, you know, our upper extremity friends or bilateral friends would be able to um, in a lot of situations. I I guess in a way, though, Dave, it's kind of like the whole job interview question, too, right? Do you disclose it um, right away? Or is that something that you kind of just, you know, lean into as the relationship develops? Yeah, although I think... I think there's a difference in the job situation because it's not a question that someone can legally ask you in a job interview. Um, and Right. I, I, I agree. It's not something that they ask you, but I do think it's something that's, that's just kind of unspoken and omnipresent. If you, if you were going for a job interview and you applied for, you know, applied for a job online and they called you for an interview and you go in, in a wheelchair, they're going to notice that. Correct. And is that, you know, even if they're not allowed to ask you about it, obviously, in my opinion, it's better to just like kind of acknowledge it and move on. Yeah, I guess. And, well, I, and use it as a strength. Like, you know, I've, you know, as, as one of your character things, you know, I've been through adversity. I know what it's like to be knocked down. I know what it's like to be rebuilt my life. And that's why I'm going to be great for this job. Yeah, there's, there's no question I mean, if if I were being interviewed, I would bring it up as an affirmative thing for all of the reasons you just said and probably a hundred more. I do think that depending on the type of job you're applying for, and we're getting a little off topic here, but depending on the type of job you're applying for, I can see where disclosure could be viewed as a material weakness by people who don't understand um, – the the physical capabilities of people who nevertheless wear prostheses. And so in, in certain jobs that might be more physical in nature, I can see why someone might actively want to hide it if they were, if they were able to. Um, but going back to the, going back to the dating scenario, I think that, I think that the question of, 
sort of just from a moral ethical standpoint, do I want to do I want to start ha- trying to have a relationship with someone without acknowledging a a fact which is quite material at some level to many people? Um, do you want to do you want to take that and handle it up front or do you kind of put that decision off and you know try to develop a relationship that's that, where that's not part of the discussion until later and then just sort of see what the reaction is um you know there's no i don't know peggy I, this is why i struggle with it i i, yeah. I don't know i, I don't I know think- there's certainly not a right way to do it i don't think I think part of it also depends on, and this isn't something that I really thought deeply about until just now, is the reason for your limb loss, right? Because if if you and I both lost to, to some degree of trauma, um, but if, if we had lost our limb to, to cancer or to disease, then that adds another layer of, of health concerns that... that do you want to disclose that right away? Yeah. I mean, I'm also a cancer survivor. I'm not sure that if I, I would not put that on a dating app right now, that would be something that kind of develops, you know, with trust. But if you, if I had lost my limb to cancer, I, I'm not sure that I would want that out there right away. I think that's a really interesting observation, Peggy. And I hadn't thought about it either. Um, but I can completely see how that would you know, that, that's, that there are layers upon layers of complexity um, when you when you start looking at it that way. It would be, I'd be really interested to hear what people who are, who are part of the community who've lost limbs to diabetes, other disease, cancer, um, what their perspective is on that. Because it's certainly not something I'm qualified to speak about, but it's, it, it is a really interesting question. Yeah, I think, you know, so Dave, I think the takeaway from all of this is I I certainly hope that our listeners weren't tuning in because they thought we would have an answer Um, because this is this is such an individual and such a personal decision. Um, I think it I think we can both agree it depends on so many factors, including, you know, where you are in your life, your comfort level with your disability, with your amputation and the supports that you have around you. I mean, if, if something were to happen to my husband now and I started dating in the future, I think I would be in a far different position to kind of own it upright than I was when I moved down here completely by myself, alone, and really quite vulnerable. I didn't have the support system down here. I didn't have friends. Um, you know, and, and I took that into account and it scared me. Yeah. And we haven't even... Uh, but we also... Go ahead. I'm sorry. We also live, uh, I mean, we also live in a society now, I mean, quite honestly, if I was on a dating app, you'd be darn tootin' I'd be Googling anybody before I went on a date with them anyway. Um, and it would show up. I mean, chances are, if you have a social profile and you divulge it on your social profile, it's going, they're probably going to know. Right. That's correct. Yeah, it's it. That's a whole other point. It's like you know, if, if you don't put it on the app, does it fundamentally matter? Because if anyone can just go and find you anyway, and through other media outlets, social media outlets, then it doesn't really matter what's on the app. And so, how much can you actually cordon that off from the rest of your online life? Is a really good point. 
Right. And I would, I guess, and, and I'm speaking out loud because this is something that you and I did not really discuss ahead of time. As people can tell, I think our discussion is quite organic right now. Um, I would caution anybody who, who is on a dating app and you did disclose, um, you know, there are a lot of very closed private Facebook groups that, that list known, um, you know, devotees, known predators, known, you know, that type of individual who is, whose attraction is so strong that it crosses lines. Um, and you can always, you know, find one of those groups and, and cross-reference the person who, you know, swiped on you to make sure that their intentions are correct as well. Because, you know, especially for women who are starting to date, you really need to protect yourself, especially if you're going to identify anything that, that could be either seen as a vulnerability or as a potential attractant to somebody. You really want to make sure that, that you're putting yourself in a safe situation. So how would someone find one of those closed Facebook pages, Peggy? Because I, I mean, I didn't know they existed until you said it, though it's kind of obvious that they should. But how does one go and find that resource? Uh, you know what? I think the best thing to do is to email me, Peggy at amplife.org, and I will hook you up. Cool. How's that? And you can always join the community as well, amplife.com. Um, you know, it's it's a growing community. We're adding people every day. The conversations are growing. This is something that, that I'm going to take this conversation onto the network to see what people are saying about it. Um, and to see people who, who maybe are in a dating situation, you know, what do you do if you're on Tinder? You know, are you letting this out there? If you if you use eHarmony, is this part of your profile? How are you handling it? Yeah. You know, an interesting thing, I think I would probably, I'm not sure if I would put it in my bio, but I would probably make sure that one of my photos had my leg. Hmm visible that that might be how i did it that way if somebody did a search a keyword search to try to find an amputee i wouldn't show up but if they were looking at me for who i am and saw it then that they would know and they could ask me about it at that point because i think that that would signal you know that i'm open to discussing it without kind of advertising it to people who would just be interested in that what do you think of that um I think that is, that sounds to me like a sound strategy with the caveat that um, if people then Google Peggy Chenoweth and see amputee mommy, they can, but you're right within the app itself, right, obviously. within the app itself, you're absolutely right. That seems like a reasonable way to try to at least limit the chances that someone who fetishizes um, people with limb loss uh, would, would have a harder time finding you. Without just hiding it, without feeling like you needed to, to go back into the shadows, because I am all about, you know, just living your life and being proud of who you are and, you know, just kind of being, being who you are and not being ashamed of that. So I'm really hesitant to tell people to, to hide something, but I really think you need to be careful about advertising it so overtly as well, because it's part of you, but it's not your only defining thing. There's so many other characteristics to me other than the fact 
that I use a prosthesis. Yeah, and I mean, I had friends in the limb loss community who, when I was describing someone else in the community, I would say, oh, do you know, so-and-so, he or she is a AKBK. They'd get mad. You know, they were mad at me. They said, that's not who they are. That's just a characteristic of them. Why do you do that? And in my mind, it was just because that was sort of how it was one of the ways in which I remembered that person. It wasn't meant to be a, a statement about their identity and who they really are as a human being. It was just like, oh, this is who they are in the community. And this is, you know, this is one of the ways in which I know them. But um, this is why they're in yeah, the community. It's, maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be a good podcast as well. Because I do that too. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't get very hung up about it, but I know there are other people who feel very strong. I shouldn't say hung up. That sounds pejorative, as if the other people are hung up. That is not something that has ever crossed my mind as potentially being offensive, because I don't mean it to be offensive or in some way, um, you know, uh, narrow-minded in in how I'm thinking about another human being. For me, it's just a way of describing that person like they have black hair or brown hair, or whatever the characteristic is. When you're talking about people in the community, particularly to other people, it's often, in, it's, in my perspective, it's always just been something that people are interested in. So that's why I've done it. But you're right. That would be another good podcast. We'll add it to the list. Yes. The list. All right. So I think, you know, we don't have a great takeaway, except, you know, that this is something that is definitely an issue for the community and we totally recognize that this is a struggle and we feel your pain. And right now I'm just really glad I'm married and I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. It's there, there aren't, (laughs) there aren't easy answers. And if we did give advice on this, Peggy, 50% of the people would tell us that we're wrong and 50% of the people would agree with us. Actually, probably 33 would agree. 33 would disagree. And 33 would say, neither of you know what you're talking about. So um, it's, You know, it's it's one of those things where we, when we selected this topic, you you were the one who flagged it. I think it's a really interesting topic, and I'm glad we went through it. But I will, I'll be honest with our audience. It's one where um, you and I, as we were talking about it, I, I said I can't even try to draw up a summary of this podcast beforehand. Normally, you and I try to outline the discussion we're going to have, and um, and that allows for a pretty. Um, a pretty organized approach to the topics we discuss. And this was one where it was simply impossible to do that. All right. As you can tell by how we jumped around, but I think that's okay. I think that this was a, a brainstorming podcast, so to speak. And I think that what we were able to do was to provide, you know, some of the pros and cons of both sides and a possible solution in, in including a photo but not including it in your yes, description. I think that's, I think. Th- and hey, it, it really is. And, and I will tell you though, that it really is a good, if you're on a date and the conversation gets dry, it's always a good kind of conversation <laughs> starter. <laughs> I can only imagine. Please share your stories with us. So that's right. Ampedlife.org. Um, please join our community. We're going to take this discussion right to them. Um, I'm really eager to see how everybody responds and, and what they're doing. Cause I know that we have people who are actively searching and dating on that network. Um, ampedlife.com. If you'd like to try to, to, to join and jump into the we conversation would love to hear from you all. All right. Good Dave. talking to you, Peggy. Thank you for addressing this, this kind of, 
free-flowing topic with me. It was good. Fun. We used to have a lot of conversations like this. Then we got semi-professional. Yeah. Organized. Know, For anyone right? who wants to know what old podcasts were like, <laughs> they right. were like this, except they were an hour and a half long every six months or so. <laughs> that was the original yes. original they version. Were really of really long. I think our first one was like two hours. It was riveting. Long. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we should we should pull it up for the best. It would of be funny time. to find those old ones and repost them now. It would be. Have a good one. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.